0: Hello, this is Tom Stever with Soil Smart, a podcast from the Soil Health Partnership. In our podcasts, we're talking soil health, why it matters, the ag practices that foster it, and the farmers who live it. Today, we're talking to Dr. Maria Bowman, lead scientist for the Soil Health Partnership, about recent encouraging data on cover crops, First, Dr. Bowman, help me understand the science behind cover crops and the data you've collected. Where do the two come together?
1: Sure. So, the farmers that work with us are measuring how soil health is changing on their farms when they adopt conservation practices like cover crops. And I think some of the questions around those practices have been you know, how long does it take for these changes to show up? And then, what are the impacts? of those changing practices and changes in soil health properties that happen over time from an agronomic and economic perspective as well.
0: You began this conference, the Soil Health Summit, by explaining some of the data insights that have come to the surface here. What are they and and what do they mean to the farmers who are following this?
1: So we're finding two things as we start to dig into the data. One is that soil health is improving on the farms that are working with us over time. So we've seen a significant change in soil organic matter from between a third to a half a percent on the farms that work with us over the first few years of being in the program. So we think that's really exciting. That's kind of in line with the literature about what you'd expect to see, maybe a little higher than what you'd expect to see over that time period. So that's been a really exciting result for us. The other one that's, I think, an important preliminary insight from the data is that we've seen no statistically significant yield drag for either soybeans or corn. And again, I think farmers are concerned that when they adopt a cover crop, that they're going to see yield drag And the fact that our data show that there is no statistically significant yield drag, I think, is really important.
0: Let's start with organic matter. You said a third to a half percent, and people are really encouraged (laughs) by that. That seems a glacial change. Uh How do you keep... Improving that, and what does that third to a half percent mean? Why should they be encouraged?
1: Sure, no, I know that seems slow, but a lot of times people say that it takes five to ten years to see some of those changes. So the fact that we're seeing them within the first five years is really encouraging. Um, And relative to some of the other soil health properties that change even more slowly, um, that's when you can kind of start to measure earlier on. And what that means, we're still figuring that out, but I think one of the Purported benefits of increasing soil organic matter is that higher soil organic matter means higher water holding capacity in the soil, which can make farmers more resilient if there's a drought and also store more water and reduce erosion in extreme precipitation events.
0: Another encouraging metric that you just mentioned was that there's no yield drag Mm -hmm. because of cover crops. Is that to say there was the expectation that there might be a loss of yield when cover crops are used?
1: Yes, that's right. And it's not to say that some farmers didn't experience yield drag. Again, these are aggregate results. These are averages. But there has been the expectation among farmers. And certainly for certain types of cover crops, there may still be yield drag. But that was the concern. Yes.
0: The growth in the program itself, the Soil Health Partnership, there's been some growth there. Mm -hmm. Talk about that. And what does that mean?
1: Yeah, we've had a lot of farmer interest in participating in this program, even though it's a really intensive process, both on the data side and farmer involvement. They hold field days to do outreach with other farmers. So it's, it's a big time outlay for farmers to participate in the network. So one of the things that we've done is start an associate program that uh, has a little lower level of farmer involvement both in terms of the science, the data collection, the soil sample collection, and also in terms of their responsibilities to us for holding field days. And part of the goal of that program is to get more farmers involved in the research process and understanding their soil, how their soils changing over time, and become more familiar with some of those newer soil tests that are coming out.
0: This all goes into uh, making for cleaner water and for preserved soils. And that's an altruistic goal of this, but we're talking about farmers that still have to make money. Let's talk about the profitability aspect of this and how they remain profitable and still do this.
1: Right. So some of the data that we're collecting in addition to the yield data and the soils data are some basic data on farmer management practices like input use, fertilizer use, pesticide use, herbicide use. And those are really important because those are expensive for farmers. So the hope would be that also as they're implementing these practices and improving their soil health, that they're resilient in a number of ways, including more economically resilient and sustainable. So I'm hoping to get more into those data to understand just how farmers are changing their input use when they adopt soil health practices as well. well. And our hope would be that it's not purely altruistic, but that there are also private benefits to the farmers as they continue to adopt soil health systems.
0: You're new to the Soil Health Partnership. What are your goals in this? What would you like to see done?
1: Yeah, so as someone who's worked with data for a long time, I've been frustrated to see Really interesting insights that come from farmer survey data and work with farmers that often aren't being returned to them in a way that helps them change their decision making and also aren't being communicated effectively to the public and to the people who are trying to change policy at that level. So my hope would be that we can improve the way that we deliver data insights to our farmers so that that can be more actionable for them, help them change their management in a way that works for them on their farm, but also that we can develop insights in a way that's accessible to the public, that's accessible to policymakers, and help drive the soil health conversation forward.
0: This is something that would be good news for anyone out there. So how do you plan this outreach to the public?
1: We're actually developing a science planning process right now. So I think we're still in process for how we're going to deliver those insights to all of our different stakeholders, including our farmers. But we're building on the feedback that we're getting from our farmers, from our steering committee and from others about how we can do a better job of that and where we can deliver those results for maximum impact.
0: Thanks for joining us for Soil Smart. To find more podcasts and information from the Soil Health Partnership, go to soilhealthpartnership.org or subscribe through iTunes or Google Play.